Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I am Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. Well, you can probably tell maybe a little bit in my voice today that I have been sick. It finally happened. I finally got the nameless flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been in bed for about, oh, <clears throat> eight days. <laughs> I'm slowly emerging a little bit at a time, but um, as most of you know, if you've had this, that it's not necessarily a quick recovery. And so that came right on the heels of just starting to feel better um, after, you know, just dealing with some hormonal stuff. And most of you kind of know my story a little bit that this season of life has been challenging for me in that way. So yeah, I, yeah, did not see that coming, but here I am. And I am thankful that God has graciously given me the energy to come and talk with you today. Um, I may have to (laughs) take a little coughing break every now and then, but I'm here. I want to encourage you. I hope you all are enjoying the podcast and you're sharing it with your friends. If you have um, someone that you think might be encouraged by this podcast, please tell them about it. And if you have time to leave a one or two sentence review from wherever you listen from, that's also super helpful because what happens is the uh, the system, it's just set up this way that when you have, um, you know, lots of reviews and things like that um, and feedback from the listeners, that it pushes the podcast out to more moms in front of them, you know, so that they see it when they might not have otherwise. And really that's what we want, right? We just want moms to be encouraged. That's the point of all of this. But Again, welcome. I am so thankful that you decided to join me today. It's going to be a pretty short podcast. I'm going to be talking about simple ways to sweeten your marriage. Now, I know that you all are great wives and you get the wife thing, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't hurt to be reminded or even just affirmed that you're doing the right things. So uh, what I'm going to be sharing with you is about half a dozen really simple things that I think and I feel like are really solid ways to sweeten your marriage. But before I dive into this, I would love for you to check out the four-hour school day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. If you have not read that yet, I really encourage you to do that. Um, I feel like it's a really easy read. It's done in a very conversational style, and, and that's the feedback that I'm getting from moms. And Um, I think it's just uh, really an encouragement and an affirmation for parents that they can do this homeschooling thing. And it doesn't have to take all day. You know, it just doesn't. Also, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. um, That can be found on Amazon as well. And that's a book I wrote several years ago, and it just seems to be spreading far and wide by God's grace and mercy. And I'm so thankful for that, that it has been an encouragement to far more moms than I ever, ever anticipated. All right, well, let's dive in here. You know, after 32 years of marriage, you do learn a few things things to do and things not to do, right? (laughs) I'm not one for long lists, although they can be helpful. 
I'm more about simplicity. I'm kind of like, give me the bottom line and I'll figure the rest out. What I'm sharing with you here today are just a few basics that can be game changers. Honestly, they're simple, but they can have a positive ripple effect that will help your marriage make it for the long haul. Number one, get dressed, do your hair, use some makeup. I mean, I don't mean you have to look like a model, but I'm telling you, most men are visual. Change out of whatever it is you slept in and put something cute on. There are cute sweats out there, but maybe put a little thought into it, even if you're staying home all day. You know the old saying, if the barn needs painting, paint it. If you feel and if your husband feels like you look just a little fresher with just a little bit of makeup, then wear it. None of this has to take a ton of time. Never leave the house without something on that you actually feel attractive in. I've actually asked my husband what he liked to see me in. You know, makeup, hair, clothes, jewelry, etc. He was actually really glad I asked, and um, and I really do try to please him. I mean, it helps that he has good taste, but I'm pretty sure you can work that out with your man. I think our husbands feel respected when we do this. Because, you know, when we're out and about, we are representing not just ourselves, but our families and our husbands. And so, you know, I just think it's it's a good idea. And, you know, the interesting thing about it is also that it's also kind of like a self-respect thing and kind of a dignity thing. I mean, our society has gotten so far away from, you know, any of that. And I'm not, you guys know me, I'm not a formal gal and I'm not busting anybody's chops if you're, you know, wearing yoga pants today. I don't care. It doesn't matter. These are just some things that I have found helpful that actually help perk me up as well and make me feel just a little cuter, a little more beautiful. Um, Just putting a tiny little bit of, a little bit more thought into it. So that's all I'm saying. And number two, this is really important, you guys. Be joyful. Don't complain. I, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, I'm telling you. But we live in a culture that complains incessantly. Constant, constant complaining and discontent. There is nothing more unattractive than a negative wife. And I have been that negative wife. But it affects our husbands far more than we will ever know. It can make them feel like a failure because complaining communicates discontent and unhappiness. And it it may just make them feel like they just can't pull this marriage thing off. They can't keep their woman happy. And it can make them want to give up or at least put a lot less effort into it. And it actually makes us want to give up too. So just don't do it. Proverbs 27, 15 says that such a woman is like a dripping faucet. Drip, drip, drip. On the other hand, the opposite is also true. A happy, joyful wife reflects respect for her husband and motivates him. A motivated man is a happy man. Proverbs says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So speak life. Number three, speak highly of your husband, both to him and to others. 
I, I can't emphasize enough how very crucial this is. I remember one time when my husband and I were first married, I tried to discuss something negative about my husband with my husband's brother. I thought for sure my brother-in-law would side with me and, you know, set my husband straight. Boy, I was shocked when he defended my husband, which was absolutely the right thing to do in that situation. I don't think my brother-in-law meant to, but he taught me something that day. Don't be in a hurry to speak negatively to anyone about your man. That doesn't mean that it never happened again, but from then on, I'd have this major red flag in my spirit, usually catch myself and stop way more quickly. Now, if there are legitimate issues that can't seem to be resolved, obviously we want to deal with those, but we need to use discernment in whom we choose to talk to. Also, speak positively to him. Sometimes that's face-to-face. Sometimes that's via text or email. I like doing this because I can really think about what I'm going to say and you know, really make it meaningful. And then add things like little emoticon lips, a heart, you know, that kind of thing. I tell my husband how thankful I am that he works hard and does such a good job of providing for our family. I tell him that I can't wait to hug his neck or kiss him when he gets home. I make it a point not to dump the day's problems on him the minute he walks in the door, but instead to greet him with a smile as often as possible. I try to send my husband actually an email in the afternoon telling him what's been going on at home and how much I love him. Again, try to keep it positive. But he likes that he's aware of what's uh, gone on with the family before he comes through the door. There's less to try to communicate after he gets home. And then he also knows what he's walking into. It also gives him a chance to pray about it before he gets home and how he's going to handle whatever it is that went on in the house and, um, and maybe that he needs to address. So number four, handle the finances well. Okay, that may sound like a weird thing to say, but men have provision on their minds most of the time. It's just how they're wired. God put them together this way. Um, If we are careful to be good stewards, finding the best deals and, you know, learning to be frugal, our husbands feel like more of a success and they feel like what they're doing is important to us, that we appreciate all their hard work. So even if we make some of the income, I really believe that this still applies. Number five, don't let other things get in the way of your marriage. Not the children, responsibilities, not homeschooling, activities, friends, church, cell phone, social media, nothing. Give him eye contact and stop what you're doing if you can and just really listen to him. Be engaged and don't let the sun go down on your anger. God says it gives the devil a foothold. So we try to wipe the slate clean by the end of the day. Um, We really need to be careful not to drag our feet and saying that we're sorry. We need to keep our conversations clean. Um, Don't use too many words and choose those words prayerfully and carefully. And again, above all, be respectful. Lastly, give your man a good time in bed. It is not always first on our hearts and minds, but it usually is on theirs. 
My husband's grandma always said, keep your man happy at home and he'll stay at home. We want our marriages to last well past child rearing, homeschooling, and many other seasons. And we'll never regret making it the next priority after our relationship with God. So let's slow down and be deliberate deliberate in loving our man. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for the reminders, Lord, of just the simple things that we can do. God, you know where each and every woman is, each and every wife is who's listening right now. And I pray that none of this would would feel at all like condemnation, but just an invitation, an invitation to uh, continue to invest in that covenant relationship, that covenant, uh, those vows that we made with our spouse, Lord. And um, I just pray that that what's heard and understood here today would be full of grace, but also full of inspiration, Lord. I pray a blessing over each and every marriage represented here, Lord. The enemy loves to take marriages out. And Lord, we just, we come against that in Jesus' name. And we know that walking in obedience to you is the best uh, protector for our marriages. And so, Lord, help us to be wise in how we treat our husbands. Help us to respect them. Um, Lord, help us to remember that sometimes we're saluting the uniform, not necessarily the man, and that honors you, God, because you're always doing a work. You're always at work. You're at work in our husbands' hearts. You're at work in our hearts. Help us to remember that, to trust you with our marriages, and to do what's right before you as we continue to invest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.